Hello, welcome to the Atlantic Coast, the podcast at allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. That's at TalkinACCSports, T-A-L-K-I-N-A-C-C Sports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. I'm going to turn it over to our moderator, Matthew, as he welcomes our guest. And everything looks good on my end, Matthew. Uh, Matthew, can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? I can hear, but I can't hear Matthew. All right, uh, Tristan, let me go ahead and introduce you while we wait for Matthew to join us. Uh, We have a great return podcast guest. Always excited to hear great voices on this podcast, and we have a great one here. Tristan Freeman is the owner and operator of Fansided Busting Brackets is here. You can follow Tristan on Twitter at hoopsnut351. And for me, this is the official beginning of the college basketball season, which starts in earnest tomorrow. Looking forward to that. So we've got a great guest to to get into that. All right, Tristan, before we start, is there anything that you want to plug and talk about? Uh no, I mean you already mentioned it. Busting brackets where we did we cover college basketball on daily basis. We did well in the off season and we're just glad to finally get down to some on the court action instead of talking about hypotheticals and what players can do. We now can talk about what they have done. All right, very good. Uh who, as we get into this season, we're going to talk some ACC basketball. Uh, who is on the ACC's coaching hot seat as we start the college basketball season? Yeah, I, I think the obvious name to watch is, is Kenny Payne entering his second year at Louisville. The, after a miserable first year, with some arguably was calling for his head already, they recently lost an exhibition game to Kentucky Wesleyan, and that's just that's just a, a miserable effort on their end. And Kenny Payne isn't doing himself uh, much favors when it comes to his post-game press conferences. It just seems lifeless there. And they have some talent, but not that much talent where if it does, the pieces don't fit together, they can win games. And I'm already concerned. And they take on a, a UMBC team who isn't really projected to be very good. But if they happen to lose that one, then his seat's going to get extremely hot. And then the question's going to be whether or not he even finishes the year. So he's definitely the guy to watch. Another another coach to, to look at is, is Brad Barnell, the, the coach of Clemson. They were ranked last year really good. They were on top of the ACC, but then a season-ending collapse that included the, the, the deadly loss to Louisville took him out of the tournament. And this year, he has a senior Leighton roster that should easily should make the tournament if, and not do more. If they happen to miss the postseason again, I can see a situation where the administration just clears house because – they're going to have a new roster anyway. All 
All right, good stuff, Christian. Uh, Matthew, can you hear us now, Matthew? I, I can. I can hear you. I can absolutely All hear right. you. Out. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Matthew. Uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful, great. wonderful. Uh, Tristan, welcome back. Uh, I just want to ask you a couple questions about your site. I mean, I always give you a chance to plug. Who's all writing with you? Who's all writing with you now? Yeah, we get guys that come and go each year. We have a fairly bunch of new crops, but the usual suspects like uh, Jaron Anderson, who covers the ACC and especially Virginia Tech hoops, Joey Luce, who's the, the, the map extraordinaire guy, but also covers just about everything else. Those are some of the guys that's written a lot this offseason. But we have a fairly good crop of a couple of dozen play, uh, writers who's really talented and can pretty much cover the entire landscape. Outstanding, outstanding. So as we get, and this is probably a good precursor here to our next question here, ACC basketball is you know, going to start up really quick here, as Jeff said. Who are some of the major newcomers we should get to know in the ACC? And I'm talking about players and coaches here. Perhaps there was an assistant of note that was hired by, you know, hired by somebody. But who are some of the major newcomers we should get to know in the ACC? Transfer portal players, that sort of thing. The floor is yours, friend. Yeah, I think from a coach's perspective, Micah Shrewsbury uh, taking over for – uh, taking over Notre Dame for Mike Bray. I mean, he's a guy that took Penn State to a rare NCAA tournament appearance. He, he's the guy that shot the that had a uh, an elite spacing system where guys just shot nothing but threes. And I think people really look at him as a revolutionary mind. And you know, he doesn't have a great roster, but I think the future looks bright considering what they have in the 2024 class. And then when you look at some of the players, I think the freshmen. Ellie K uh, Kado, the five-star reclass guy, who's going to basically replace K uh, Caleb Love in the backcourt. How he fits with R.J. Davis so is going to be key to North Carolina. And then you could talk about Duke has four five-star uh, five-star freshmen, including one of them, Jarrett McCain, who's reportedly likely to start for them. And then as someone who covers the local Pittsburgh sports, Carlton Carrington, the four-star freshman. Arthur Pitt has had rave reviews so far, and he's uh, set to start at point guard. And Pittsburgh, after uh, losing its entire backcourt last offseason, is going to rely on him a lot. And if he can have a big year, then he should be able to take uh, Pitt back to the tournament. And then one transfer to watch is Hunter Salas, the former five-star guard from Gonzaga. No more as a defender, didn't have much of an offensive game. He's already looked really well for Wake Forest in the exhibitions, had over 32, uh, had 27 points and a win over Alabama, which is a fairly notable game. And for a team that is going to struggle with offense sometimes without DeMario Monsanto, they're going to need Hunter Salas to come in and have a big impact. Well said, well said. Who are five ACC players that you think are really going to take the biggest leap in progress from last year to this year. The floor is yours, Tristan. Yeah, so I think Wuga Poplar is one name to watch for Miami. Obviously, ACC player of the year, Isaiah Wong's gone, and Nigel Pack's back, but I think that the guy most likely to take Wong's place as sort of another league guard is Poplar. He was a starter last year, and it was a very good from three-point range. And with a bigger role, I expect bigger results from him. Isaac McNeely was a guy that had some minutes at Virginia last year. 
Virginia lost uh, four starters. They returned Reese Speakman, but they need a lot of help. And McNeely has a chance to be the best pure scorer on the team. I know they brought in uh, Andrew Rohde from St. Thomas, but we'll see how, how his uh, ability from the Summit League tr uh, translates up. But I think McNeely has, has a chance to have, to have a really big year. Hunter Salas was a guy that I mentioned before. He's absolutely going to be a breakout candidate. Only average around four points at Gonzaga. I could see him quadrupling that to at least 16 in game. And we've seen what Steve Forbes has done with previous transfer guards. Bob and Miller was a, a former top 50 uh, prospect for Florida State who didn't, who missed half the last year due to an NCAA imposed suspension because of impermissible benefits. But he's a guy that NBA scouts have their eyes on. He's a very skilled forward that can shoot the ball and is highly athletic. I think he's going to be someone that can break out for Seminoles. And then you could pick a number of guys because Syracuse had a lot of freshmen that got minutes last year. But Chris Bell, a guy who, who, who started some games for them, really good combo forward. I, I think he's someone that can easily have a breakout year and, and have a, a big impact for them in the front court because their guards are going to be solid. They just need some front court production to balance things out offensively. Well said, friend. Well said. So rank the ACC teams as we go into the year, Tristan. Sure. You want, do you want to go top to bottom or bottom up? We'll go bottom up. Okay. Well, I originally had Notre Dame last because I think from a roster perspective, they're the worst in the league. But I just have no faith in Louisville, so I switched them up. So I have Louisville 15, Notre Dame 14, Boston College 13. I think Quentin – Post being back is big, but I just don't trust the rest of the roster. G Georgia Tech with Damon Stoudemire, I like him, and I like the guards. They bring back a lot of production, and they add Amari Abram from Ole Miss, but their front court's a major question mark for me. Florida State, we don't, we still don't know, as of recording, what's going to happen with Primo Spears and his waiver request. If they don't get him, then it's basically Darren Green and a bunch of non-offensive threats on the perimeter. So I think Florida State's at 11. And then Virginia Tech, 10, Wake Forest, 9, Pitt, 8, Syracuse, 7. I think all those teams are pretty much in the same category. I think uh, Virginia Tech losing Rodney Rice latest they have is a big blow for them. And then these are the teams I think can make the tournament. Virginia, 6, NC State, 5, Clemson, 4, UNC, 3, Miami, 2, and uh, Duke, 1. Well said. You ran through that pretty well. We're going to go through some lightning round questions here, Tristan. Which ACC team is going to exceed expect expectations this year that you perhaps don't expect? And I guess that probably comes from your from your list of teams that could potentially surprise people that aren't, aren't in that first six you first mentioned. Yeah, I think Syracuse is a team that has a really high ceiling because – Judah Mintz was an all-conference player as a freshman. He's only going to get better. And the, the pickup of J.J. Starlin is going to be big for them. Assuming Adrian Autry, you know, sort of has a, a new style of play and is an exclusively zone, this is a team with a lot of athletes that could be really good man-on-man -man defense. Well said, well said. So which ACC team will perform lower than expected this year? I mean, this is one of these things where – Perhaps I'm thinking analytically that, you know, some team in your top, top six, perhaps the bottom drops out or something like that. 
Yeah, the team that I've been least high on it, it is Virginia. They, they, you know, the loss of Jaden Gardner it is big for them in the front court. Amon Franklin, their, their leading score. And Kihei Clark, I know he had his detractors, but he was still a, a, a great champion caliber player for them. They just got a lot of newcomers, particularly from lower conferences. We'll see what Jordan Minor can do coming from Merrimack in the NEC, but I think their front court is a real question. And if Reese Beekman doesn't take that final st- step of offensive development that we've been long waiting for, I could absolutely see them being on the bubble and potentially on the wrong side of it. Well said. That's awesome, man. Okay, you are you are Mr. Analysis for us. That's why we love having you come on here. And Jeff and I were both talking about this, and Jeff brought up a statement we've had We've had our friend Pick Six previews on here, Brett, Brett on here before, and you, you two, you two both know your sports really well. He's just a college f- football fiend, and you are a college basketball fiend. So we're so happy to have you on here. Uh, which uh, AC? Who, who's your preseason ACC Player of the Year? It has to be Kyle Filipowski. I mean, he's the best player on the best team, and he's the rare star that returns for Duke, and he's someone that could definitely average twenty and eight. I could see it happening for him, and, and he was the easy pick for me. Definitely. Who's your ACC newcomer of the year? And this, and I'll, I'll be fair here. You can, and I, you can pick a transfer portal player. You can pick a, you know, pick a newly recruited freshman, that sort of thing. You can pick your picks wide open here. Yeah. So I, I'll actually do both because I, I think there could be two distinct categories for newcomer overall, aka the transfer of the year. I'm going to go Hunter Salas because that's as I said multiple times now. He's going to have a big impact for Wake Forest, at least statistically. And then freshman of the year, I'm going to go with Carlton Carrington of Pittsburgh. Even though he's not rated as high as Duke freshman L.A. Kado, he's going to have the ball in his hands a ton, and he's going to have the highest usage, I'd argue, of all the freshmen. And his staff is going to put him up there and with a great chance to win it. Who is your ACC Coach of the Year as we go into the preseason? So John Shire is going to be the favorite because if Duke finishes first in the regular season, he's going to have it. But because it's expected, they usually give it to the coach that overachieved the most. And I think Brad Bornell, uh, Clemson, I have them finishing the top four, considering what happened last year. If he has Clemson safely in the tournament field and they're uh, uh, not only get a double bye, but a contender to get a good seed in the big dance, I can see him getting rewarded by the ACC coaches. I think that's a fair statement, and he's got a pretty solid guy at center. He got a player there. Yes. Who wins the ACC men's basketball title? It, it, it's going to be Duke because the teams that normally could put up a big fight, Virginia and, and even North Carolina, I just have concerns about Virginia's roster and UNC's coach. So it has to be Duke because I don't see them losing as much games as the others. Well said, man. Jeff, you're up. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Matthew. Um, Tristan, you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but right now, uh, today, how many ACC teams do you think make the NCAA tournament? I'm going to go with six, but I think it can go from six to eight because I think some of the other conferences aren't going to be aren't going to have as big a years. So I think it's going to be a good opportunity for the ACC to sort of bounce back and get back into that six, eight range. 
and and right now who do you have as um you know not you don't have to go all the way to the eight because it's wide open but but who do you feel would be locks at the moment Ooh, i mean right now the, the clear locks is duke north duke miami and north carolina i think last year was more of a uh, a weird circumstance for the Tar Heels. They just have too much talent. And then, you know, Clemson, NC State, and Virginia, I feel okay with, but I could also see scenarios where they don't miss it. So right now I have three locks, and it should be four, but you never know with the ACC. It's probably the right number considering what they've done in the past couple of years. All right, very good. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to pass it back to you as we close out in our last segment of the podcast. Sounds great. Open microphone time, Tristan. Anything you want to talk about before it's yours? Yeah, okay. Well, I, I'll just take a look at a team like, well, I'll say overall in the ACC, I think the coaching has been talked about a lot. And we could potentially have some more turnover going forward because Jim Laranaga and Leonard Hamilton are in their 70s and both have said, hey, you know, I want to stick around for a while, but you never know what health can do can happen. So I think they're, they're coaches to potentially watch. I think Hubert Davis is going to be fine, but if North Carolina doesn't get back and being a contender the next couple of years, I could see people getting tired of him as well. And then, you know, you have the Brunel, Capel, Keats group, the guys who have done enough to not get fired, but not necessarily enough to be completely safe. The next couple of years is going to be big for all of them as well. And then Louisville, of course, is one of the top jobs in the country. I don't see how much longer they're going to be able to be okay with the Kenny Payne experience. So even though we've had a lot of turnover, there's still plenty of turnover that can happen in this league. And it's going to be something that they're going to need to go through, especially when you have three new teams come in the league. But I, I think the coaching carousel is probably the biggest topic of conversation about the ACC and its future trying to compete with the other leagues in this sport. You are the man. Because you are so analytical and so smart. We're so happy to have you on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. And we would love to have you come on. Again during midseason, I'm just praising you right now because we want you to come on again and Mar- come on again. When you know, I skip. You know, the best time to have you come on would be after non after non conference season, sometime in the new year when we're ready to start the ACC season because you'll have a better take on what the league looks like. So we're we're thrilled to have you on. Thank you for joining us tonight, Tristan. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. And so we're going to go over to Jeff now for his open mic. What do you got, Jeff, for us? Uh, is it anything co- you can you, – I know we've been talking a lot of hoops, but – and I know I kind of ragged on uh, – I kind of ragged on uh, Georgia and Michigan this week <laughs> on, the color, on, the, on the Twitter timeline. What do you got for us, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. No, this has been a fantastic uh, podcast to get, get everyone ready for the uh, college basketball season. Um but here in the open mic, it's, it's still we're in the home stretch of of uh, college football, so we want to do just a quick recap in the ACC. And and Matthew, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, you know, on Michigan, especially Michigan. At least Georgia finally played a team you know with a pulse this weekend in, in Missouri. And and I, and I don't think they're a great team. Don't get me wrong, but, you know. But Missouri at least has has a little bit of a pulse, and we saw Georgia struggle in that game. So, you know, we're gonna find out more about Michigan this weekend when they play Penn State. Um, 
two months to you know two months to prepare for Penn State. So if, if uh, you know Michigan can't beat Penn State, I'm gonna really be uh, you know wondering what's going on there because they basically been having a preseason schedule for for a couple months here. But let's take a look at the ACC. Quick recap of the weekend. Uh, Clemson, you know, so much uh, going on in that program prior to this week. Frustration from the fans. Uh, you know, the, the the now infamous Tyler from Spartanburg calling Dabo Sweeney. You know, uh, getting defensive after the calling. Um, how, how do you how do you how do you fix frustration in in athletics? You go out. And you win. And that's exactly what Clemson did this weekend against Notre Dame. Uh, played their best game of the season. Uh, Notre Dame come, came into the game ranked 15th in the country. And, uh, you know, Clemson had a fantastic defensive performance in the game. Um, offense displayed a, um, a running game, consistent running game under behind Philip Moffa, who had a, over 180 yards on the Phil Moffa you know, over 180 yards on the ground. And, you know, Notre Dame is, is a strong defensive team. They're good at the line of scrimmage. You know, not very explosive on offense, but this was a game that surprisingly Clemson b- controlled both lines of scrimmage. Not too surprising defensively, but, uh, uh, you know, an offensive line that has struggled came into the game uh, with some injuries. Uh Played played their best game of the year as, as Clemson won 31-23. and we'll see if if that kind of galvanizes Clemson into a strong finish uh, now. But definitely their biggest win of the season. Uh, Georgia Tech finally winning back to back games. They've been so inconsistent this year. They go on the road to Virginia and and put up one of their better performances of the year, forty five seventeen. Florida State down a couple of offensive. Uh, uh, wide receivers in their game. A uh, little bit of a slow start with Pittsburgh, but took care of business. They're moving right along 24-17. Uh, Louisville, as I tried to tell everyone last week, they are basically just about unbeatable in their home stadium. And uh, 34-3 on Virginia Tech. Maybe Matthew has a thought on that uh, when, during his open mic. Uh, NC State, uh, Dave Doran, you know, the Brandon Armstrong experiment did not work out. Uh, so he's got MJ Morris, you know, playing quarterback. And, you know, the, offensively, NC State is is limited. There's no question about that. But they're doing just enough on offense, taking what defenses uh, give them to, you know, keep, keep defenses honest. And then writing, you know, All-American Peyton Wilson – and that defense and and just stuffing opponents and you know they took out my uh miami 20 to 6 great uh goal line stand in that one in the late of that game uh miami i don't know what's going on with tyler van dyke we were talking about it on twitter with matthew uh you know a couple years ago he looked like a pro earlier this season you thought he had turned the quarter after turned the corner after struggling last year and uh you know that that is that is one quarterback who is not playing with a lot of confidence, and now Miami's got to play Florida State next week. Good luck with that. Boston College now five and five wins in a row, seventeen ten on Syracuse. Duke even without Riley Leonard uh, holds off Wake Forest twenty one fourteen, and so that was a quick recap 
of last week and a quick look ahead. You've got Louisville hosting Virginia. Uh, Virginia's got no chance in this game. I'm sorry. Uh, Louisville at home. I mean, I don't, I don't think you're beating them in, in Cardinal stadium uh, this year with that team. And they're just playing at a high level now, extremely confident. Uh, Georgia Tech Clemson, very intriguing game in this one. Uh, two five and four teams trying to get bowl eligible. Both have knocked off ranked teams in recent weeks. Um, we've seen the best and the worst of, of both teams so far this season. And that that's a game that looks a lot more competitive uh, going into this weekend than we've seen in, in quite a number of years. Virginia Tech, Boston College, Virginia Tech trying to get bowl eligible. Boston College trying to possibly finish the year um, eight and four, nine and three. That'd be something something else there. So that, that's, that's a pretty interesting game there too. NC State going to Wake Forest. Uh, Dave Clawson, he's been fantastic at Wake Forest, but this does not look like their season at all. And uh, I, I don't see that. Wake Forest offense being able to do much with NC State's defense. Uh, we mentioned it already. Miami going to Florida State. Um, yeah, it, it's going to take a spectacular effort for Miami to, to knock off the Seminoles in in Doak Campbell. Um, Florida State, they're, 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 they already clinched their spot in the ACC championship, and they're ironing winning the ACC and going to the playoffs. Pittsburgh, Syracuse, uh, yeah, that's for who's arguably the worst team in the ACC. And then Duke and North Carolina. Uh, hard to see Duke going into North Carolina without Riley Leonard being healthy. But, you know, that North Carolina defense is so inconsistent. Uh, who knows how it's going to look, but you got to feel like that's North Carolina's game to win. So quick recap of the week before, look ahead to this week. And I'm going to turn it over to Matthew, and uh, he can share his his open mic thoughts. Uh, I'm actually going to, I'm going to use my open microphone to ask Tristan a question. Tristan, I know you follow Pittsburgh football a little bit. I know you follow it a little bit. Uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts would be if you had somebody like Tyler Van Dyke transfer to the university, to the university, of, you know, to the university of Pittsburgh to, to play. Cause I actually thought, you know, we, we, we talked about this several times on the po- on the podcast before about how on the podcast before. And- uh, Ma- Matthew, we're kind of losing you there. Uh, I don't know if your if your mic got moved or something. No, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, here's the here's the deal. Like, we watched uh, we watched Tyler Van Dyke several times, and when he was a freshman, he was actually ACC. Rookie rookie of the year is the quarterback at the University of Miami, and I I feel like he's playing for Mario Cristobal, who kills quarterbacks, unfortunately. And I'm <laughs> I'm wondering what what you would think, like if Pittsburgh were to upgrade its offensive line, if he were to transfer to Pittsburgh, like for a new start, what you would think of something like that? Over. Yeah, I think. It's hard to to ask Pitt fans for wow another transfer quarterback because the last two hasn't worked out. Keaton Slovis wasn't very good, and then this year with, with the with the Boston College transfer, it's been a complete disaster. He's been benched. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, tra the transfer quarterbacks can are high risk, high reward. I mean, some work out, some don't. Don't. It wouldn't be a guarantee if Van Dyke was successful at Pittsburgh either, because there's also other flaws with this team, into including a poor receivers at times, and then the struggling offensive line. So, would it be nice? Yeah, but I mean, the same thing was said for the last two quarterbacks Pittsburgh landed after Kenny Pickett. That hasn't worked out at all. Well said, my friend. You've done what well. you've done. You've done quite well on this podcast today. Did I? I was just curious on your thoughts on that. So, you've done an outstanding job on this podcast. Uh, we're really appreciative of having you on, Tristan. And we, and I'm just using my open microphone to thank you. To you know, thank you for your for your gracious time here this Sunday evening. And we certainly would love to have you come back on. Perhaps after non-conference season, you're and you could re, you know give us an updated set on uh, updated uh, state on where you think the ACC is after you know as far as rankings are concerned, who's outperformed, who's outperformed, yeah, so, and that sort um, of thing. But man, thank you, thank you for joining us tonight. Absolutely. All right, you guys have a great week.